Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. This week we share a really good episode from the HSE Virtual Series. In 2021, it's between Elliot Cunnington and Vicky Simmons. Here, Vicky gives a really candid account of her experience with a nervous breakdown during the pandemic. Vicky is Director of Health and Safety for CHEP Europe, and it's a really good podcast which looks at her experiences and also her plans for the future. So everybody, uh, welcome. Thank you for joining us for this next uh, session. We're delighted to have uh, Vicky Simmons, the Director of Health Safety for Europe at CHEP with us uh, now for um, yeah an in-conversation uh, interview um, on uh, a candid account of an extreme nervous breakdown. We, uh, Myself and Vicky have been speaking quite a lot over the last few weeks about this, and I know it's a, a topic close to our heart and I think it will help a lot of people. So really excited uh, to get this interview underway. And uh, Vicky, thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. Thank you very much for having me. It's uh, it's an absolute pleasure to have you. And like I said, we've uh, been speaking uh, quite a bit over the last few weeks and uh, it's great to finally be doing this. So um, yeah, we'll get started with sort of, yeah, a bit of an introduction, a bit of background on the last couple of years. It's obviously been a, a crazy couple of years for everybody, but especially for you. Um, yes. Yeah, it'd be great to sort of see, um, you know, a little bit of sort of life before, sort of who you were, what you were doing, and then obviously starting with Chep in January 2020, and um, yeah, sort of life before all what we're about to talk about. <laughs> okay, great. So uh, yeah, so I've been working uh, within health, safety, and well-being for the last 15 years, specialising in uh, high-risk environments. So. My entire career and my expertise has been dedicated to, construct, to construction. In the latter part of my career was uh, the construction of hyperscale data centres uh, in Europe. So I joined CHEP just under uh, two years ago now, and CHEP is a global supply chain company, so moving out of construction and into supply chain. Um, but in my later 20s, I began to develop signs and symptoms of anxiety and depression um, but it was always controllable, it was always manageable, um, and I knew the triggers that made it worse. So, for example, alcohol, the next day I'd be feeling terrible, and, and that was one of the triggers. So I kind of had the, the signs and symptoms of it there beforehand, but it was, yeah, like I said, it was manageable. Yeah, yeah, really interesting. And like you say as well, moving from a different industry, you've got the pressures of of sort of learning it, and like I know we've spoken before about imposter syndrome and various things like that, but not only have you moved company you're also moving industry so it's dealing with that side of things as well on top of everything else yeah so i joined chep in january 2020 and then we very quickly went into to lockdown uh, in march so um had this terrible it had imposter imposter syndrome uh, for sure so we went into lockdown in march and i was trying to operate to my uh, absolute best from behind a laptop um in, in my kitchen so I was really missing the, the connection of meeting new people, my team, getting to know what makes the business tick and, and work well, and then, yeah, not so well. Uh, and then I was trying to bring with me a whole wealth of knowledge and experience from a construction background into a new environment without even knowing uh, my new environment. But there was a number of factors, number of contributory factors to, to the breakdown. And I think the biggest one for me was being in lockdown in another country, because um, something we haven't actually mentioned is that I live in Amsterdam, I live in the Netherlands, but you can tell I'm not Dutch. So I'm, I'm originally from the UK. So I'm, I've lived here for three and a half years, um, but I've never been in a situation where I've had to completely relax and, and be inside. You know, everyone had to stay inside. So 
I was forced to stop everything that I knew to be normal. Um, and then I was confronted with thoughts and emotions and feelings that I'd suppressed my entire life, not intentionally, um, it's just how I've lived my life. I've always been in quite a high energy state of alert. I'm really hyperactive. So, but I know now through going to therapy that that was always a coping mechanism. Right. And that was just something that I'd, I'd always done and to suppress those feelings. Um, and I think, at the, you know, at the time throughout the, the lockdown, I was single, so I was living alone. Uh, although I had a, a, I've got a big group of friends here, it just wasn't the same with my family and, and my, you know, oldest friends are in, in the UK. Yeah, definitely. And it's, um, I guess as well, dealing with a, a other things going on and trying to recognise a breakdown isn't particularly easy when the world goes into a lockdown. So you might you know, not necessarily pinpoint it on you and just sort of think that everybody's sort of going through this a little bit and it's more difficult to recognise the signs, I guess. Yeah, it was, it, yeah. So I had a very deep feeling of malaise. Uh, I never linked all of my symptoms together. I just pushed through every single one of them and yeah, we, we adapt, don't we? We just move on. Um, and I've worked in this field now, as I said, for 15 years. And being in construction, I have very strong skills in helping people recognise this and come to terms with it. Yet when it happened to me, I never knew. I think we always assume that a, a breakdown or a burnout is just depression. You can't get out of bed. You have mood swings, low energy, or the complete opposite. We see people overworking or we see increased levels of presenteeism. And so many of my symptoms were never linked to a breakdown. So some of the symptoms were uh, I was hallucinating and that was probably one of the worst symptoms. I had hallucinations. I had uh, PTSD flashbacks of things that happened when I was younger and friends that I'd lost. I had high pitch ringing in my ears, uh, I had suicidal dreams, suicidal thoughts, really severe panic attacks. And I also lost my creativity and my passion. I just wasn't enjoying work 100% of the time. Um, I was miserable, I was negative, and I lost my ability to make even the smallest of decisions. So I think I enjoyed my work so much that I didn't realise when I'd fallen into this black hole of overworking myself and having all these symptoms. I was putting then enormous amounts of pressure on myself to continue um, and I completely lost myself. I just felt like I wasn't doing my best. My sleep was affected and I just just lost touch of reality and, and life. Uh, and I was really I had this, you know, incredible feeling of nervousness constantly, even in social situations. So it really changed my life, not just professionally, but also personally as well. Yeah, and it's safe to say that that sort of wasn't the case before, was it? It wasn't like it was, um, you know, this is sort of your way and it's gradually got a bit worse without noticing it. This is not the same character as you were five years ago. No. Yeah, so that sort of, obviously noticing those first signs, I know you said sort of looking back on it now, it's probably more obvious. And you think that that was kind of around May of 2020. So fast forward six months, we head to November um, before you start noticing the more physical symptoms and... Uh, eventually talking to a doctor about it yeah so I was in denial for when I so I called the doctor in November because the symptoms became too much and it was especially the hallucinations I genuinely thought that I'd developed a, a serious psychological illness and, and that was panicked me so I called the doctor so it was in November that I was yeah formally diagnosed then after that, I was just in denial for a long time. And I was actually embarrassed it happened to me at such a severe scale. Um, but I feel like it's really important to be authentic about my situation. And I feel like I owe that as a absolute bare minimum as my duty of care to others in the industry. 
So yeah, health, safety and well-being is not only part of my career, but it's also my passion. And you know, how can I hide this from the world and still promote open conversations and others to speak up? I need to leverage my situation to improve the lives of others. Um, and this has given me the experience of being what, you know, what being in a, a really dark place, what it's actually like. And the fact that I'm still here, I'm healthy and I have absolute clarity now has, has made my life so much more colourful. It's been a been a process of change and I've learned so much about myself and about life. Um, but when I had the initial call with my doctor, I was gutted. Um, but also relieved to know that I hadn't, you know, developed anything serious. Um, my one of my key stakeholders actually said to me when I admitted it, he said, Vicky, even the doctor can catch the flu. So that resonated with me. I thought, actually, you know, I can be an expert in the field and it can still happen to me and any other health and safety professional. So when you originally went to the doctor, was that, you know, did you go expecting this or did you expect him to say something else? You know, and this was a bit of a shock. Of course, you're saying HSE director, you know, ends up catching it. Like you say, it's... yeah. <laughs> it's like it shouldn't happen by the book um, yeah happened so you know were you expecting the doctor to say this or were you actually expecting him to say no there is something you know medically wrong I was thinking it was going to be something medically wrong but I had googled the symptoms before probably the worst thing you can do but yeah. we all, I googled the symptoms before and so I kind of had a feeling that, 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 that it might have been a nervous breakdown but, um, but when I spoke to the doctor and it was confirmed, they, then they also wanted to take blood tests and monitor my heart just to, just to rule out a couple of things. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I was offered medication, but I refused. Um, I knew there was a deeper psychological issue and I wanted to unpick that to ensure this doesn't happen again. Um, I think there's a lot of stigma around taking medication, but I absolutely believe that that should not be the case. I just didn't choose that route as I knew I needed to get to the bottom of, of what happened and there was more deeper issues there uh, and I chose the route of therapy so I'm in therapy and I well started therapy back in uh, March this year and I'm, I'm still in therapy I go weekly. Amazing and I guess um just sort of just touch on that while you said it the uh the therapy side of things so has that been um for you a case of trying lots of different things to work out what works or is it just sort of in the first time first thing you tried to work or is that taking a little while to get right uh it was talking therapy so it was uh it's a talking therapy and at first it was a bit of a strange concept um but i absolutely love it i think that everybody should have access to a therapist at some point in their life i really think it's had such a profound impact on my recovery uh, and just learning so much about me as a person and life in general it's, it's really changed my train of thought on a lot of things amazing fantastic so we've got sort of um you know we've spoken to the doctor and it's now sort of recognizing the breakdown and looking back on it now I guess more obvious now you've spoken to the therapist and the doctor you can look back on the six seven months beforehand and see sort of like the key points that yeah. maybe started it but also stuff that you maybe could have noticed now looking back on things yeah definitely and that's that's the key thing I think is recognizing those symptoms and linking it all together uh but now for me I know what the symptoms were and what they are and how much deeper depression and, and burnout and and breakdowns can be and I know I would know the, the trigger points now fantastic so no, now you've obviously got like, your diagnosis you you now know what's going on which is I guess half the battle that you 
have the, the problem now you know you can work on the fix if you don't know what the problem is you can't fix it yeah. so it's, uh, no it's a big thing for anybody but especially someone in your job position of coming to terms with it and then dealing with the situation you know you've been given all this information now how do you deal with it so you know, how was it coming to terms with effectively now knowing that you've effectively got something on paper rather than thinking it you now know for sure yeah so I think the, the breakdown itself and then the realisation and the acceptance and the recovery process have brought my entire life into perspective. I'm now absolutely consumed with being a better person and having a positive impact on the world. I'm more driven than ever to stop and pre prevent as many people as I possibly can from going down that road that I did. Fantastic. And um, I guess a, a big part of the, the whole story is your company. You know, you, you started with Chef in January. We, I know we've spoken about before that they hadn't really experienced this before, but now, you know, you've helped them, hopefully with other people moving forward. But, you know, just how, sort of what part did they play in your recovery? Yeah. So, yeah, I'll say one thing. I will forever be indebted to Chef. It's very unfortunate that this fell in a time in my life where I was new to a business. Obviously, nobody could time COVID, um, but they were incredible and they have been. They still are. Um, I could not have asked for better support. And I genuinely mean that. So coming to terms with this has been so difficult for me, but they made it normal. They normalized it for me to for it to be OK, for me not to be OK. When something like this happens to you, it's just a thought in your own head. When you tell somebody or a group of people, then that then becomes very much reality. Mm. Um, but once I did that, everything changed and the sheer sincerity and advice given and support offered was top tier. If I hadn't have had that, then I don't know if I would have ever been able to recover properly. But Chep genuinely cares about its, uh, its employees. Um, we are at the heart of the business and their visions and values really reflect that. Uh, they completely understood me. Um, I, initially, I didn't want to take the time off, um, but they knew how important it was for recovery. So my doctor advised me to take three months off as a minimum. I ended up taking off six months. But right from day one, Chef said to me that I was always going to be my own barometer and that I could make all the decisions in terms of recovery time and back to work integration. We had a phased approach and I did go back part time after six months. Um, but they did always say, if it takes a year, it takes a year. You need to you need to have that recovery time. But I think recovery is also personal. You can't pigeonhole advice or care. So it was very much, um, yes, I said I was my own barometer and I made all the decisions, which I think really, really helped um, because I got to make my own choices of how I wanted to do that. Yeah, and I think as well, starting a new company, you know, it can be awkward taking know a day's holiday or something when you've just started let alone to sort of go through all this and you I think you worry about what they think and actually you know they like you say they they care about you they want you to perform the best they can and if that does involve taking time away then they're cool with it but it's I guess it's um recognizing that yourself you know before yeah. and it is everything to go up to somebody and say I've got this and you know I've only just started with it. I've only been with you a few months and now all this is happening it's it's scary yeah, and I think if, if you've built up time within a company, I think you feel more, you'd feel more comfortable in being able to take time off. It's almost like it's owed to you, if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, being new to a business, and, and again, it was it's embarrassing. It was embarrassing having to admit what happened and, um, and then to have to take an extended period of leave, but also relying on my colleagues to take over my work, because I did have to just leave. Um, 
I needed to I needed to take that time. So yeah, my team were incredible. My stakeholders were incredible. My line manager, they dealt with it seamlessly and, and it, it was a massive part of my recovery. Amazing. And then obviously from their point of view, they've now sort of been with it, been with you sort of during it and now sort of coming out the other side, they can look back on it. Cause I know that we've spoken about that. They didn't really have much experience on, on their employees having this situation before, but having, you know, if they were to go through it again tomorrow, they'd find recognizing the signs much easier and, being an open place, I know you've helped Chef as much as they've helped you, I guess, moving forward. Yeah, I think being so candid about what happened and being honest about the the symptoms and spotting the signs and then how to actually recover, I think that's helped because, because also part of my role is um, I was invited last year to be a permanent member on the European board or, the, or our European leadership team. So having exposure to that team and being part of that team and being honest with them as well. Now they can go out to the wider business and be very conscious and, and look out for the signs. So I think I've, I've definitely helped where I can and to raise that exposure. And that's exactly what I wanted to do. Yeah, amazing. You know, and um, this is another reason for sort of doing this. You know, you've helped Chapin now by telling the story hopefully it will be the same in other companies if you know hse directors watching this or whatever haven't experienced it themselves hopefully they'll be able to help but obviously anybody watching it might be able to recognize it in themselves or in their businesses so it's you know it's just a case of like you say getting the message around and letting people know yeah exactly that and that's exactly what i want to do amazing so into sort of recovery i know you said you've had therapists and sort of look into life afterwards i know it's uh it still hasn't been an awful long time ago since it's only just over a year since the diagnosis, but look into life moving forwards and then into recovery. So uh, an exciting, I guess, next few months, but also an exciting months that have just been sort of beforehand as well. Yeah. So I think the most important things for me um, was the uh, being connected to, to nature and, and sports had, has had the most profound impact on my life. So I spent some time uh, in the French Alps with a friend of mine. Uh, we did some training together, uh, but he, he lives there. He's a, he's a professional athlete. So he showed me around the mountains and it really put my life into perspective. I think we, we tend to focus so much on insignificance, uh, the insignificant things in life and the menial things when there's so much more uh, beauty to life. We're on this planet for such a short amount of time and life is so precious and, and beautiful. Um, so that really, really, really had an impact on my life. And I think also sport attracts positive people into your life um, who can help you grow. So I think being connected to nature at the truest, truest point where possible, I know that everybody can just take six months off and go and spend time in the mountains. Um, but finding that um, and sports really helped. Um, I mean, therapy, which has also been pivotal to my recovery. Um, basically, anything that soothes my mind and soul. I mean, walking, running, uh, meditation. I've cut out a lot of negativity in my life. Um, learning to make uh, or take my mistakes in my stride, that's helped. So viewing them as part of a natural process. I think before I was always overthinking mistakes and I'd come out of meetings and I was you know, feeling I didn't articulate myself properly. I'd given the wrong answer. Um, and I was always trying to push myself to be, be the best all the time and being a perfectionist. So um, the sooner that I accepted that, 
that that's not always going to be the case to the better it's been. So that's been a really big part of my recovery. And just also learning to say no and finish my day knowing that I did the absolute best I could with the tools that I had at that time was also important because sometimes, again, we get hung up on trying to always give the right answer at the right time. It's not always possible. And that has a negative effect. Um, yeah, so, that's, yeah, that's really interesting what you say about sort of taking the time out and sort of a, obviously a new perspective on life. Do you think if you had done this kind of stuff and maybe gone over to the Alps and things in 2018, 2019, that maybe some of this could have been avoided? Or do you think, what I'm saying is, do you think people who aren't going through it, if they were to take some time and practice these things now, that it could potentially stop something happening in the future? Yeah, I truly believe that. After being fully immersed in nature and seeing what we did with the open water swimming we sat on the top of many mountains and just talked about life and just seeing the sheer size of the mountains and just seeing how beautiful nature really is in its truest form really really put things into perspective i mean i always say that nature is completely unapologetic it grows it, it thrives and then it dies year on year it doesn't care about the significant things in life so when you actually get to see that with the naked eye and just to see how incredibly beautiful the world actually is it puts you into perspective it, it, it makes you see just how small we are on this earth you know we are so lucky to be here life is so precious and when you're in a situation or, or an environment like that it really does make you weigh things up i think as well things go by so fast you know you sort of take it week on week you start monday and then you know you know you get to the end of the day and then by the note by the time you know it's friday and then whatever you do over the weekend you're catching up on the stuff you missed during the working week and then it's monday again and then that's that's a week you know and then you end up going through these years yeah. and not having time to do the little things like you know just enjoy yourself really <laughs> and we have yeah we really do have such a short amount of time on this earth um and we do just get hung up on the small things of not in life and it's uh, it's pretty sad when you think about it and and work is such a big part of our lives it takes up so much of our time we get so hung up on meetings and calls and yeah it's uh, it's something that we really need to take a view on and really look after our personal personal lives and well-being and health and enjoy it <laughs> and enjoy, yeah ex exactly <laughs> fantastic so uh, sort of the final main point that i wanted to come to is you know why did you want to take part in this event tell your story to these different people i know it's not uh, the easiest thing to do to come on something like this and talk about what's happened um and obviously it's very personal but why did you feel it was sort of important to be here now yeah, I absolutely love what I do and it gives me great satisfaction and pleasure to be able to have such an impact on people's lives and looking after others' health, safety and well-being, knowing that that has a direct influence on their personal lives, family life and out-of-work decisions really, really makes me happy. And that's what I've dedicated my entire career to. But in this situation, I think being so honest and open about what's happened to me um, I, I think even if I can help just a small handful of people that I know I've done my job, but I am absolutely consumed now in making lives better and, and ensuring that this doesn't happen to, you know, or trying to help this, ensure this doesn't happen to anyone else. Yeah. And I think that's, yeah, no, a wonderful, wonderful thing. And, you know, we'll, uh, I think it's lovely that uh, it's, it's such a shame that sort of what you've had to go through over the last year, but what oh, hopefully to come out of it for, for many years to come and the uh the way that you know you can affect other people i think is, yes. is a lovely thing 
Yeah, and even for, from a personal perspective now, I'm trying to, I'm still in the exploratory stages and I'm still putting a business plan together, but I'm actually looking at starting a charity here in the Netherlands that focuses on uh, the mental health and well-being um, in, in younger children. I think that's a, a, a demographic that's quite exposed to, uh, to, to issues later on in life from not having dealt with feelings and emotions and, and thoughts from a young age. Um, particularly in uh, underprivileged kids. So that's something that I want to do personally to really have an impact and, and give back to the world. That's fantastic. I mean, I read a really interesting thing the other day that I'm not sure what region it was from, but they reckon that 72% of sort of children and young adults who um, have been some, had some kind of effect from some sort of like depression, or something under that umbrella from being on social media. And it was really interesting. So I've started to look into that a bit more. So it's really interesting how, you know, you will be able to take your experience, the learning that you've done so far over the last year, but also still to come over the next couple and be able to put that together and make such a huge difference. Yeah. And I think if we tackle it with with kids, especially at a young age, and look at the education system and the programs, you know, if we start teaching mindfulness or the power of sport, the power of nature from a young age, that will have a, an impact, a positive impact on that child's life. So when they get to teenager, 20s, 30s, they will be more well equipped to deal with things like this and deal with emotions and thoughts and and, and negative feelings. Also, I guess, in themselves, but um, also helping other people who they might be able to recognise these symptoms because it's not yeah. always about recognising yourself, is it? It's about looking at others. Yeah. From a very young age, if you think about it, we're always taught how to feel by our parents, by our teachers, by our social workers or by whoever it may be. There's always adults impacting and influencing how we should think and feel. Um, but you're never really taught how to deal with it internally and with, with yourself. So I think that's really important. Yeah, I totally agree. And sort of one of the best things I've done during um, lockdown, it's not definitely not something I would have done beforehand. I started going out for a walk in the evening. Sometimes it's only sort of 15, 20 minutes and sometimes it's a lot longer. But I go out by myself and that's probably where most of my best ideas come from. I go out with a clear head, not with the intention to come up with an idea, because if you do that, it's like sitting down with a blank piece of paper, you never come up with anything. But yeah. I just go for a wander in the evening and all this stuff comes to me. And it's amazing how when you take yourself out of that situation, you can really sort of be honest with yourself but also be super innovative is what i found personally yeah this is this this is and this is exactly what i'm saying being outside in nature i think is just so important you know like i say you can't always take trips to the mountains and, and be fully immersed in nature at that level but you can go for a walk in your local park you can be outside in fresh air that's exactly what we need more of a hundred percent i couldn't agree more well Vicky, thank you so much for joining us. I've really enjoyed it. You've, um, yeah, you're utterly amazing. And thank you so much for joining us and being so honest. No, thank you for the opportunity. Thank you so much. Fantastic. And we'll look forward to hearing more about your uh, charity to come. Excellent. Thank you. Amazing. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah. Thanks. Bye.